money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Yay! You know what? We were just saying uh, as we came into the show... You were talking money last night and yesterday. You talk money a lot when you're not a, in in front of a, it's a microphone. It's very true. If you ask our seven-year-old, she'd probably say that's all we talk about. But it's not just about money. Well, that's it's, it's not. everything related to money and why we do what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like why we make money decisions and make mistakes. And so when I start the show and say, <laughs> "Are you ready to talk money?" The answer I, is I, almost always, always yes. except for Christmas, almost always yes. Yes, because it's yeah. A continuing I don't give you a hard time anymore. No, no. thank you. I appreciate right. that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not on air, anyway. I'm so kind to you on air. Yeah, I'm just not going there. So, (laughs) welcome to the show. Uh, Again, we've got Ray Borg with us as a guest. Uh, If you haven't heard the shows before, then for sure, uh, get on morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. The shows are archived there. Of course, uh, if you listen on a podcast, then um, whatever podcasting platform that you are listening to, Search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. And if it's not there, please let us know and we will we'll get it there because uh, obviously there are tons of podcasting platforms and, and we want to get on there. So today's show is sponsored by, <laughs> I'm going to my sponsorship voice, sponsored by More Than Enough. We love um, having sponsors. We couldn't do this show without our sponsors. And so it's, um, hey, if, if you've got it on your heart and you want to sponsor a show, we'll t- let us know too. So morethanenough.ca, um, reach out to us through the contact page there and, and we'll set that up. So on with the show. There's all the housekeeping done. Yes. Did you say that Ray's here this morning? I did say Ray's here, and, and it's a continuing <laughs> yes, <right>. conversation <laughs> with Ray. Uh, I'm going to reference the show um, back in January yes. that, uh, again, if, if uh, we started this conversation, and it just has been percolating the last month in terms of, hmm, we gotta we got to go back and revisit. And the show was about consolation, desolation. I, I think that was actually the title, right, mm-hmm. right Reb? You yes. can correct me Things that wrong. draw us near to the heart of God. And uh, or things that draw us away into mm-hmm. fear, doubt, questioning, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And how does our do our money decisions, our financial decisions, do that? Do they draw us closer? And Ray shared that great story about taking his kids. If you haven't heard it, go back to the January show and just. Uh, I don't know. There were some pretty good stories there. Ray yeah, shared, I, shared the I story know. about the dog and our story, story about, about the, the, the wood stove. Yeah. And, yes, that's and uh, that. so absolutely, um, you know. So this is definitely the continuing cons- uh, conversation. And and again, just to put a little bit of context, uh, the the idea of consolation versus desolation finds its source and I'm, I'm sure it finds its source in lots of places but where it rubs up against us is is through the uh the teachings of saint ignatius which i'm doing that in my personal time and he talks about as reb you said 
desolation being the things that take us away from the presence of God, and consolation being the things that, that take us closer to. And often St. Ignatius would encourage that every day, both at the, the beginning of the day and the end of the day, and during the day, but specifically beginning and end, where you would pause and you would say, okay, so what are the things that brought me closer to the heart of the Father, and what are the things that, that caught in the way? And this is the show where we talk about money, and money so often gets in the way. And so I think that's probably why we're continuing to have this con uh, conversation, because so many times we see the 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 issue or the yeah the issue of money getting in the way of our relationship with God we blame him because we don't have enough we blame him because we have too much <laughs> you know? and i'm just going to use an example cuz i was thinking the one day um sometimes david asks us around the table okay what is your consolation and desolation what has brought you near to the presence of god today and he asks all of us including the kids and it's maybe some of you out there have never done it have never even thought about that or haven't thought that your money decisions can do that and um so I I don't remember the consolation of the one day we were talking about it, but I do remember the desolation. And uh, he was the last to share. And I said, OK, well, what was your desolation, dear? Oh, I looked at the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm going to ask you, why was that a desolation for you? Well, and, and I think even in that, the journey for me is, is the number represents something right so the number in the bank in account. the bank account so if it's a positive number and it's reached the place where i have that level of comfort and security and and i can go oh phew, there's this much in the bank and and all of that then then okay i'm i'm more easily drawn closer to the heart of god <laughs> right <laughs> whereas when that that number is not what i expected it to be or it's it's just not in you know, the number that brings me peace maybe drives me to a little bit of anxiety. Then, and to doubt and fear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That there's I, not enough. I move right? away, right? I don't know. Uh, Ray, have I, you ever... I could appreciate that because <laughs> I went yesterday. It was like, I got to pay some bill. Oh, I didn't check my balance. I hope <laughs> that credit card bill went out. Yeah. <laughs> there's still some money left in the account. And I did that sigh of relief too, saying, okay, yes, there is still cushion there. Thank you, Lord, for mm -hmm. that. And uh that sense of relief suddenly it's like, okay, Lord, you're 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 looking after us and that blessing. But my fear as I was typing in the details to get the information was like, yep. oh, what am I gonna discover? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I just find it very interesting because for listeners who have never gone through um this process of you may know that when you look at your bank account, you have anxiety, or you might be like, oh, phew, but you've never really analyzed it. And I guess our radio show today is making you face that mm -hmm. piece. So why do you have anxiety when there's a zero balance, when Christ says he's enough, when he's our source, and do we look to our bank account? I mean, it's just, it's just I don't think we're going to answer all these questions for every particular listener, but we want you to think about it because we... Well, there, that is the disclaimer, right? We don't have all the answers. <laughs> We've said this so many times. This is the conversation we're having to say, you know, let's think about that. Let's Let's really let that sink in that what, what am I feeling when I look at the bank account? Because, you know, sometimes we just don't want to look at the bank account. We just go spending anyways. Right. right. Well, there's that piece. Yeah. But th yeah. And we don't even. 
yeah, we spend anyway, and that's a desolation, I would think. But anyway, so today's show really is about why do we choose things Maybe sometimes we don't choose things intentionally, but sometimes we choose things intentionally that do draw us away from the heart of God. And then what do we do when we discover or are honest with ourselves? And so that's kind of where the conversation's going. And I was thinking about the... um, the prodigal son today. And I was thinking about a verse in Psalm 52 that I found. And I I found it interesting that in the Psalms, all those years ago, um, the psalmist wrote about a man who doesn't trust God. And it says clearly, here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. And I'm like, here's that. It's, it's a, like quite a verse. If you go to Psalm 52 and read the whole thing, it's not a pleasant passage, but it does end with this. But I'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever, even if my bank account says zero. Okay, I added that. (laughs) So forgive me all of the purists out there. Yes, but I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever, which brings us back to the story of the prodigal. He wants to, he wants the inheritance of his dad and he runs. Why does he do that? Why does he go and squander everything? What, what, like, what was the motivation? I mean, we don't, he doesn't tell us, does he? So, Ray, this is for you. This is for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, what we were just talking about just prior to um, going on air, that whole sense of, uh, is it looking back to Adam and Eve in the garden mm. and the whole sense of us um, wanting our own independence, that that's really our default position until we welcome Christ into our lives. And so when Jesus then becomes our Lord, then our default position needs to be shifting. Um, but I think we tend to go to that place that's more familiar, and our familiarity is often being independent. We just want to do it our way. Mm-hmm. And so I think of the prodigal son, and I think, what was it? He wanted to live the high life. He wanted to have everything that he thought he could purchase through his dad's inheritance and not recognizing really that it wasn't fulfilling what he really th- thought it would meet in terms of his needs. I mean, I mean that's such a a huge statement around the prodigal son because it it was discontentment. If I can just kind of blanket it with mm-hmm. a with a word to say, you know, it was discontentment that made him say, "Hey, I I want my inheritance now. I'm going to go do my own thing." And you know, through the process, he comes to the end and realizes how empty it it really is. Here he is with the pigs, wanting to eat the food of the pigs, and goes in all of that my discontentment i tried to fill it up with really the things of this world and again if jesus is kind of saying this is the story is as you fill up your life with the things of this world you're going to get to a place where you realize there's just no substance to it and and there's just nothing left and then we can come back to the father and that's that's the gospel message is as we can come back to the father and say you know you can be content and filled you can be um, satisfied and in fact redressed and uh, all of that because 
that's the father we serve. He's a good dad, right? He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a good father. There was a um, a Catholic priest named Henry Nowen, and some you guys have heard of him because I talk about him sometimes. Um, and uh, he wrote a book about uh, the return of the prodigal. It's a mm-hmm. great it's a great book. So I have that book, but I also have his teachings that he gave to his community on on his journey mm-hmm. of um, discovering that he was like the prodigal, but he was also like the older brother and how God was calling him to be like the father, full mm-hmm. of grace. And anyway, he he some of these some of these thoughts I this morning I've been mulling around as I think about his teaching and what he said. And there's a line from one part of the book that says, How can something really become mine when I haven't accepted it from within? Um I don't know if the prodigal I mean we're we're s- surmising, but the the, the prodigal son or those of us who are like the prodigal son may not know what the truth is we're really living by. You know, maybe we're, um, we say, yep, we, we're Jesus, we, we, we became Christians, we love Jesus, we go to church on Sunday. But when it actually comes to understanding what are, what's the truth we live by that we've forgotten, you know, did, did, we, did the prodigal son forget? He did forget that he was the son. Because at the end of that story, he's with the pigs and he said, well, even the servants are eating in, in my dad's house. So I'm going to go home, just tell him I'll be a servant. But he's restored as the beloved son. Mm-hmm. You know, God gives him, a, uh, or the father gives him a ring and a robe and a, kills the fatted calf. And it's like, my son has returned. And and sometimes maybe I wonder if we don't understand, we choose things of the world, we make financial decisions that aren't near the presence of God because we forget that we're the beloved of God. Mm-hmm. That that truth isn't deeply implanted in us. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm just, you know, as, as I hear you saying, I'm thinking, is it that place where I can trust him? First, to be just aware, am I trying to fulfill something else in there in that sense of being beloved? Or am I trying to fill that void, that bottomless pit with something else? Mm -hmm. Or even being aware then to just going back, Father, what is it about my finances Mm -hmm. that I need to look at it differently? Even in the moment when Mm -hmm. we're making a decision to buy something, to feel the nudge of the Lord and just say, you know what, that really isn't going to satisfy really what it is that you're being driven by mm-hmm. right because sometimes i'm not sure we're always clear about what we're driven no by when right, we make right. purchases because mm-hmm. we really in real essence we really don't need it like mm-hmm. i don't need a bigger tv if i have a smaller tv yes the picture may be bigger and the sound may be bigger <laughs> but the reality is it's not going to change anything and all the, and everyone out there is like what do you mean i don't need a bigger tv what do you mean it's, yeah yeah, I'll dumb it down to to something that's uh, in a sense. It, it I I like technology in in the sense of saying so. We have gotten used to the idea that everybody needs a phone, oh, right? right? So yeah. so then all of a sudden, and and this we see this all the time in the shifting of a culture. You know, literally, we we went to an eighties night, an eighties theme night last weekend, and the comet and Reb and I looked at each other. We were probably the only ones who were at okay, least there was a few of there us were a few of us 80s, that, but a lot of them weren't even born <laughs> and, and the, you know there was no internet in the 80s 
there, if there was a cell phone, I certainly didn't have one. Um, you know, maybe some rich guy had one in his car Mm -hmm. and it weighed a bit of brick, you know, and, and all of that. But, but the reality is, is, that's the 80s. You know, we're still singing those songs right? <laughs> and going, wow, that wasn't that long ago. And the culture has shifted to actually say, well, there are significant needs that, you know, these are the things that we need. This is part of what we need. And, you know, part of our spending, part of our decision is listening to the culture mm-hmm. and saying, so culture's telling me I need this. So that goes back to what truth are we living by? And in our Unleashed seminars, we often talk about the truth and the mm-hmm. lies. What's driving the decision to purchase that thing or the bigger TV? I know, I know we're like analyzing it and dissecting mm-hmm. it, but one, one of those is we don't know what the truth is. We mm-hmm. don't, we don't find our contentment and essence of life in, in God. Well, you just said something that's really important though, because it's, it, it's hearing what does God say that I need, um, you know, and but finding some, contentment but, in that. Right. And But sometimes I maybe I'm just like the prodigal and I'm like, I just want to go have fun with the money I've got. So like. And, uh, and does God know? say no to and, that and all the does, time? No, <laughs> and he doesn't. But sometimes I think he's going to say no. So I don't even ask him. Right? I'm, yeah, well, that's your problem. I, I know. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of us do that. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Just the women I, on the visa cards got it. God says go. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> well, it's like walking in the mall. Well, if you start window shopping, you know you're going to buy something well, in the likelihood. Then it goes back to the dog. Like Dave, yeah, Dave said, right. that made me laugh when I listened to it. You know, Dave's like, yeah, Ray, you didn't know taking your kids to the Humane Society, you wouldn't come home with a dog. I mean, I, I, how many times? I mean, we talked about that. You go to the mall and you're like, oh, we're just going to go look. Well, baloney, you're going to go look. You know, maybe maybe that's just the big tip of the week. If you don't have the money, just don't go to the mall. Well, like, and, we and go I to an electronic store. There's so many, so many good things. And I need this. I need this. This would be really good. I would even rephrase that because it's not about I don't have the money or I do have the money. It's about... What does God say that is going to fill up that need? Because again, when we're window shopping, we're out, we in essence are putting ourselves in a position where we are listening to the voice of marketing, media, mm-hmm. my right. wants, and my the, desires. That, yeah. Like that's all. Uh, if we're standing in front of a window with merchandise in it, you know, at a mall, that's just the voices that are going to be right in front of us. And whether we have the money or not, is a bit irrelevant. True. Mm-hmm. It's True. really we can have the money. What is the father saying right. to me? We can right. have the money and still right. I'm acting like, okay, well, you're just gonna go in debt for it. But sometimes we do have the money and should we be doing it anyway? Mm-hmm. But there is that truth. What truth is within us that we're living by? And if and if we don't stop and think about it, I mean you guys have said it often. We're gonna we're gonna defer to the debt culture around us mm-hmm. and do what the marketing says if we're not intentionally seeking what God says, and we have to be vigilant in this culture because it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and and we I we don't know that it's permeated our thinking. Mm-hmm. I I don't think we've realized it until we start asking that question: What financial decision has has taken me out of the presence of God? Do you even see it as a spiritual decision? Mm-hmm. I don't think we even put it in that category. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with you, Ray. I mean, I if for those clients that are listening and have heard me and sat across the desk from me, 
every week, I'm saying make every spending decision a spiritual one. And it is not about being on a financial diet the whole time. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is about being aware. And it is about recognizing that the resources that we have available to us here in North America, we are extremely wealthy, even in comparison to the rest of the world, but we are extremely wealthy. And how are we using that for the glory of God? And again, it's mm-hmm. not about always being in in on a financial diet. And or, it doesn't mean you don't spend money on yourself. No. If like we're not saying that, but that I mean, I will confess. Like I think I I've started writing a blog about this mm-hmm. discussion. I haven't finished it because I find it quite hard. I like you know when you get honest about these things. I'm like, okay, Dave, you and I have not made every spending decision a spiritual one. You teach it all the time, and I'm like, okay, like how do you do that? How do you make a spending? Do you have an answer for that? What you're asking me the answer? Yeah. <laughs> how do you make a spending decision a spiritual one? Or Ray, do you like how do you do that practically? You guys are practical guys. Well, the, I mean, the, that plays out again. Just being aware of of in a sense what God is speaking to you for today, and it goes to consolation and desolation. Mm-hmm. Will this? Will this thing? Am I putting this thing? In front of God. And I'll use the example where when Christ is being tempted by Satan, the first temptation is turn these stones into bread. And and honestly, is is that a sin? Uh, you know, no, I don't I don't think Satan was asking Jesus to do something that was one of the big ten, you know, <laughs> one of the ten commandments. But what he was asking Jesus to do was to disobey the voice of the Lord. Putting and, and Jesus' response says that. He says, hey, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus is saying, I'm listening to the Father, and the Father hasn't told me to turn that those stones into bread. And so I'm going to trust him for my physical food. Yes, I'm hungry. Yes, I haven't eaten in 40 days. But I trust that the Lord is going to take care of me. So, no, I am not going to turn that those stones into bread, even though... I have the ability to do so, right? And that's the important part. Is so even if we have the money. Even if we had the money and we get to whatever it is, we ask ourselves, and and really it's just a habit of getting into saying, hey, Lord, um, is this something that I'm desiring more than you? Is this something wow. that I'm seeking more than you? Mm-hmm. And And it doesn't matter the value. It doesn't matter the, you know, and I know what that looks like in my own life is when I meditate on that thing, when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the thing that right, I want to yeah, buy, yeah. when I'm, you know, and I'm conniving how I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a sure sign of a oops. That was where the red flag glows off in my head. I am yeah. desiring this thing more than the Lord, and I have to die to it. And then so. being aware of that, yeah. that you actually have moved into that train of thinking and starting to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. And obsess on it sometimes because mm-hmm. yeah, I think obsessed, we all do yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kind absolutely. of think about, it. and then just being aware that the Lord is actually, you know, my heart's cry often is, Holy Spirit, I want to be sensitive to mm-hmm. your nudging because Jesus did only what the Father did. So, Lord, can I walk in that place where I'm so aware of your presence that when I'm veering off, can I sense your nudge? But then, can you give me the strength to be able to say, "Okay, I'm not going to give in to that." Mm-hmm. And and then there's times, and and I know I've experienced this uh, in, in our life where 
you know, we go through the process and, and we go, okay, Lord, you know, can, can I buy things? And I'm listening to your nudging and the, the Lord says, gives, you know, the green light. And we're like, ooh, cool. I get to, you know, we have the money, all of that stuff. We get the thing. And then God says, so will you give it away? <laughs> That's a whole, that's a, and and that's the test, right? In in a sense, we think we have this green light and and like, so it's all good. And then God is really just (laughs) testing. So do you love that thing more than me? Will you give it away? Um, And any number of stories. I know I have a bunch of personal ones and, and the, you know, different books that I've read where people have been, you know, trading in watches and got, you know, it was a story. I think it was Shane Claiborne tells the story. Maybe not, but anyways, tells a story about trading in watches and, and how God, kind of kept upgrading his watch but so, he had to give so all i'm away. gonna redirect so. because i know we're winding down to the end of the the show what do we do when we uh have a desolation like mm-hmm. when we make a financial choice so i'm gonna i'm looking at ray so he can give us his wisdom <laughs> what do we do when we know when we when we've maybe intentionally chosen or we didn't realize it and we come home with that thing and we're like oh Alan's all I can say is I'm thankful that the Lord's grace is there Mm -hmm. and his mercy. And I can come, and I think the quickest thing for me is to acknowledge it and say, Lord, I screwed up here. Lord, I didn't make the wisest decision. And Father, can you forgive me? Mm -hmm. I know you still love me, but can you forgive me for this? And can you show me now how do I do this? Do I have to return it? Is there another way I need to do? There may be occasions where you need to give it away. It mm-hmm. so it doesn't have the grip on your heart, mm-hmm. and only Lord will know those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And basically, this whole conversation is about walking with God intimately mm-hmm. in relationship. So we hear His nudging, and we're looking to Him, and mm-hmm. because the Scripture and not says, letting stuff or possessions or or um, the things that we buy, not letting those come between us and God, yeah. right? And then then not letting the shame come in because that often just rides in on shame, which I think sometimes causes us to even move further away from the Lord and becomes a barrier and rather actually receiving that whole sense that we are beloved, I think, as Henry talks about. Yeah, he does. And and that that we come to accept – that the desolation can turn into a consolation. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I've Mm -hmm. realized, that it can be this – uh, beautiful um, experience with God where we do genuinely turn away from that choice. And we know the next time it comes up, we're like, man, I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't want to correct you, that, but I'm going to correct you that we turn to the Father, right? Yes. So, you know, yes, there's a turning away from whatever it is, mm-hmm. but then there is a turning to. And I think it's really important that we that we turn to. Right. That, that, that we do that in the repentance, in the, in the, maybe I, I don't even know, think I've made a mistake, but I know that it's pulled me away from the Father. So whatever it is, you know, because sometimes we buy stuff and it's, it's not a, oh, this is a terrible thing and has a negative effect. It just simply has gotten between me and the Father. And so I need to turn away from that thing and turn to the Father. And recenter, re kind of put things and back not in priority. Allowing, as Ray said, the shame yeah. to creep in Absolutely. to drive us mm-hmm. further away. Yeah. yeah. So, Ray, can you pray for us? Father, thank you for the the insights that you just gave to us. And um, Father, I pray for each one listening 
Lord, in those places where you want to come and you want to bring freedom and release, I pray that you'd give them the strength within, Lord, to acknowledge those misgivings, the wrongdoings, the sin, and, and financial decisions that would have been unwise. Lord, that as they repent, Lord, that you would come and you'd bring healing and cleansing, you'd break the power of shame and condemnation, and Father, that you would bring new course correction to them in a place of walking in a freedom and a release as a prodigal son it was embraced by the Father, that you embrace each one of us, and we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for joining us again. So, uh, again, just for those of you who may not have uh, caught Ray or maybe listening for the first time, Ray is the uh, ministry's liaison for Financial we Discipleship right. Canada. I think I got it pretty good. That <laughs> pretty close, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so, ministry and church. Yeah. Not, not mine.ca. <laughs> if, if you really want, just go to notmine.ca yes. and you will find Ray and the Ministry of, of, of uh, Financial Discipleship Canada. So uh, again, if you want to listen to any of the podcasts, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, they are streamed right there. And then, of course, on, on any of the uh, podcasting platforms, iTunes, tune in google play and whatever it is search let's talk money with dave and reb and uh i'll leave you with this blessing from acts chapter 3 repent then turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of times of refreshing may come from the lord join us next time when we talk money Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.